Okay. To have a little, a little uh, review of what we did last week. Um, if you didn't, if you weren't here last week and want a written copy of what I passed out, I've got a few behind me here on this table, so um, you can look. Um, the Book of Psalms, as we said last week, is basically uh, was Israel's hymn book. Now, we don't sing the Psalms, but we do read them, and they're very, very good. Some people said that they call Psalms the Psalm of David. Well, that's not correct, and we, we mentioned that last, last week. They were written by several people, and uh, uh, tradition has it that Ezra put it together. Um, and in, in, in the order that we have. Outside of the book of, of Genesis, it covers the longest span of any book we have in the Bible. It covers over a thousand years. Just as to give you a little background, the book of Judges covers 400 years. Uh, Genesis more, but it's the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. It's the most quoted. Um, it um, it's just tremendous. Um, it's written by at least seven authors that we know about, and we have so forty eight psalms that we don't know who wrote. And we talked about that a little bit last week. So when we start this morning uh, in Psalms chapter 1, um, the commentators tell us, and as you see, as you look at Psalms 1, it's not attributed to anybody, but um, most people said that one commentator that I read says this was the vestibule into into the book of Psalms. And Ezra, if he put it together, he chose wisely to put Psalms 1 and Psalms 1. And so let's start there, and then we'll, we'll go as we, we look. <clears throat> How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now, last week when we were talking about it, we, we said that the Psalms has a lot of, of things that we understand, but the overall theme is it's a praise to the Lord from the children of Israel. And we said that Pastor Bobby is trying to get through our thick head that what does God want us to do? Obey. Worship and obey. Worship and obey. And we find it in the first, first psalm here. He starts off and he says, How blessed is the man 
who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now hold your finger there and go to Ephesians, okay? GE Power Company. You go to 2 Corinthians and you go to GE Galatians Ephesians. Maybe you don't need that, but I did. Okay. Let's first look at chapter 4. Now, <clears throat> we're going to flip back from Psalms 1 to chapter 4 of Ephesians, or Ephesians. Psalms 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, verse 1 of Ephesians 4, Therefore I, a prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. So the, the Old Testament says, don't do it. Don't walk with the wicked. Don't walk with the wicked. Paul is telling you, I want to you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 6. And look at verses 13. And flip back right quick to, to Psalms 1. Nor stands in the path of sinners... What does Paul say in Ephesians 6, 13? Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore having your gird, girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The writer of Psalms says, don't stand in the path with sinners. And yet, Ephesians tell us, when we put on the full armor of God to stand and to stand firm. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Going back to Psalms 1.1, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. All right. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verses 4. Chapter 4 of 
chapter 2, verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Old Testament, going back to Psalms now, the, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the path of sinners, stand, excuse me, or sit in the seat of the scoffers. But our New Testament counterpart says we have something to do. Verse 2 of Psalms 1. But, so we're changing, changing directions here. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatsoever he does, he prospers. So, how blessed is the man who's not wicked or even walks with the wicked nor stands with sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornford but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Ephesians tell us maybe we do need to get our hands dirty and sit, walk, and stand in the strength that the Lord gives us. Verse 3, he says, if you don't do these things, verse 3 of Psalms 1, you will be like a tree firmly planted, planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in what, whatever he does, he prospers. Verse 4, The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. The contrast between the righteous and the wicked. The Old Testament is full of you obey me and I'll bless you. I mentioned judges a while ago. The, the cycle, the judges, you know, they would honor God and God would defeat their enemies and bring them back to their place and then they would forget it. They would go into captivity. They would holler out to the Lord and this cycle happened here. The wicked are not so, but like the chaff which the wind drives away. Now, 
bringing that forward to where we are today. Bad things happen to good people, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, a variety of reasons. But, but if you honor God in what you have to the best of your ability, God will take care of you. It won't be easy sometimes, but turn to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. David is attributed to this psalm. Look at verses 23, verse 23 and following. The steps of the Lord are, excuse me, the steps of man are established by the Lord. And he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong. Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and leads, and his descendants are a blessing. Now, David's talking to the children of Israel as the entire book of Psalms is talking to them. But we can appropriate that as redeemed Israel in our life today. There are times that, that, that we've got a tough road. But just like David said here in this Psalms, he's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of us. We might not like what we are going through, but the ultimate end is going to be really, really good. So the parallel in Psalms 1 is don't do wickedly, but you have great things to look forward to. You're going to be like a tree planted by water the leaves doesn't wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. But the wicked are not so. The last part of verse 6, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now let's move to Psalms <clears throat> chapter 15. This also is a psalm that's attributed to David. And we're taking a little different approach to what, what the first psalm was. He said, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? And he answers his question, he who walks with integrity and works righteous and speaks truth in his heart. 
Now we've just got through going through John a few few months ago, and we just finished first, second, and third John. And look at these words that pop up here from a long, long time ago. He says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? We went through Psalms, I mean John 15, and we talked about abiding in the vine, abiding in, in, in Jesus. We went through John, and we talked about truth. Look at verse 2 of this psalm. He who walks with integrity and works righteously and speaks truth in his heart. Verse 3. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fears the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. So, David, in the Psalms, kind of expanding a little bit on what Psalms 1 says that we don't know who wrote, the righteous will prosper, the wicked will perish. Here he says, um, who may dwell on your holy hill or abide in your tent? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. Now let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10. Now, <clears throat> Solomon wrote Proverbs. In the first, or the second chapter of First Kings, the Lord and Solomon had a prayer meeting together. And the Lord told him, he said, ask me what you will. And he says, Lord, give me wisdom that I can rule these people. And the Lord says, I'll give it to you. A few verses down, the Lord told him, he says, you're the wisest man that has ever lived and there won't be anybody come behind you that's wiser. So he wrote the book of Proverbs. There contrast between righteous and wicked, just like we saw in Psalm 1. In fact, there are 14 Proverbs that have this parallel back going back and forth. 45% of the book of Proverbs is contrasting 
righteousness and wickedness. Now, Psalms 1 painted with a broad brush. Proverbs gets down to the nitty-gritty. Now, when you think about him, and uh, if we go over a book, we have Ecclesiastes, <laughs> and, and Solomon, Solomon uh, he's, he's talking about the book. And I've talked to people when we have talked, it says, I don't understand Proverbs, I mean Ecclesiastes, I said, go to the last chapter, the last two verses. And this is what it says. In conclusion, when all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments. Now Solomon, he was the richest man that ever lived. You remember Queen of Sheba came and he says, this is what all I've got. And what would she say? She said, the half has never been told <laughs> what you have. He, uh, he had all the money he wanted. He had all the power. For 40 years, for 40 years, he ruled the most powerful nation on earth, the nation of Israel. Today, we say, you know, power and sex runs the world. Well, Solomon had a thousand wives, you know. And yet, when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he says, it's a bunch of vanity. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans, you know. But when he comes here to compare righteousness with wicked, he, gets, he really gets down where it's, it's tough. And if you just run through the book of Proverbs you miss it, but you need to take it in little bites and listen to what the man is saying. Proverbs chapter 10. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is grief to his mother. The Lord, verse 3, will not allow the righteous to hunger, but he will reject the cravings of the wicked. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. So we're getting down to details here. What did Paul say? If you didn't work, you don't eat. It's that simple. If you didn't work, you don't eat. Verse 8. The wise of heart will receive commands. But a babbling fool will be ruined. He who walks in integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will be found out. I thought verse 10 was 
Interesting. He who winks the eye causes trouble. I, I won't go any further with that. <laughs> and a babbling fool will be ruined. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who likes understanding. Wise men store up knowledge, but with the mouth, the foolish ruin is at hand. Verse 18. He who conceals hatred has lying lips. And he who spreads slander is a fool. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. <laughs> I've told you this before, but I had a sign in front of my office in Gaffney when I was there. It says, be careful what you say, because when you open your mouth, you remove all doubt. <laughs> Another one goes along with that. It says, uh, knowledge is a lot like money. If you keep your mouth shut, people think you have more than you do. If we could just learn to keep our mouth shut sometimes. He who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is as a choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of understanding. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Doing wickedness is like sport to a fool, and so is wisdom to the man of understanding. But the wicked fears come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy one who those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The hope of the righteous is gladness, but the expectation of the wicked perishes. The way of the Lord is stronghold to the upright, but the ruin 
to the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be shaken, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom, but the perverted tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous bring forth what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked's what's perverted. That's one psalm, uh, excuse me, one Proverbs, and there's 14 more, 13 more, and every verse is a gem. Back to Psalms 1. Worship and obey. <coughs> Worship and obey. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night and will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and at least does not wither and in whatsoever he does he prospers early Tuesday morning the news outlets were told that Dr. Stanley passed away. 90 years old, having resigned not too many years ago as full-time pastor of First Baptist Atlanta. Several things that I'm reminded of Dr. Stanley's faithfulness. One was to this book. He stood by it every time he preached. And I was talking to Larry this morning. He, he spoke kind of like Psalms and kind of like Solomon. Very practical in his approach. We're told that during the pandemic, when people couldn't go anywhere, he was basically America's pastor for those two and a half years. And God blessed him and blessed his ministry and blessed all of us because of his, his faithfulness to the book and to his Lord. Oh, that we may be such that we sit and walk and stand as Ephesians tells us with the whole armor of God that we may present ourselves to be faithful. That's all I've got today. Any comments?
questions? Okay. Um, we'll let you know this week via email what, unless Art knows, you know where you're going? If you're, if you're not, not going to do two, no. then I'll do two next week and three and four the following week. Okay. So two, three, and four. Um, and Velter um, will get out some notes uh, this afternoon to put that in paper. Okay? All right. Let's be uh, dismissed and we go to the further service. Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for this time. We ask that you just continue to bless us and encourage our own heart that we be faithful to what we know to worship and obey you in everything. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you.